Father, you're so worthy. So worthy, worthwhile of our praise. Now the Father is raising sons here of appreciation. Sons of thankfulness. A people of praise. This is a praise gathering. It's what it is. We come to praise. It's a prayer gathering. And we have been blessed with a voice. We've all been blessed with a voice to praise. The Bible says, let everything that has breath, everything, you don't need to wake up in the morning and the birds are praising. And we listen to the Tui at our place. Man, Tui's a beautiful element. But you know, Tui's got nothing on you and me. You see, how much more do I care for the person? Look, I love the Tui. I created the Tui. Tui's got a special place in my home. But I love the person, the people. And the people have been created to praise. The people have been created to be thankful. Because there are people of promise. And every promise. There's not just one, guys. There are promises. And they are many and multiple but they all come back to the one of the promise. He is worthy. So worthy for one to lay their life down for. And I pray that you would know him. I really do pray. That is my prayer. If that's the thing I continually pray. I pray the church would know its creator. I pray you would know him where you are compelled to lay your life down. It's no more of a battle between His will and yours. It's His. Why? Because you know the Word. See, when you know the Word, and I mean really, really know the Word, rest comes. The struggle is released because you've entered into another realm, another way. It's like being underwater, struggling for the air, and you drown. And as you start to drown and the water goes into your lungs, a new breath comes while you're underwater. You don't make it up to receive the human air. You're dying. But as you're spinning and going start to sink, a new breath comes into your lungs and breathes air in. And now you can live underwater. Because your oxygen source is not from the earth. It comes from the eternal. That's what the knowledge of God will do. That's why we're going to look at today the Word. I'm hoping and believing and praying all things. And I know the power of what he's given me today and I've been praying that I would be able to articulate words which is the word that we would be utterly captivated 
and held by what is declared today. And that you would go, if that is a reality for me, I'm going after it. Because it's a type of word that truly, truly, truly sets you free. We don't know the life he calls us to live. I don't think we really can really capture it. And yet we can. We can in him. It's an absolute life. There's no lack in him, is there? There's no lack in him. There's no darkness in him. He believes in you and I. So he's always moving forward. Like he's never the God of the defensive. He's the God of the offensive. He's always trying to take you forward. We're the ones that go back. And he'll come back and sit with you, but he's always trying to get you going forward. <laughs> he's always trying to get us moving towards the final it's the final countdown. He's trying to get us to see the glory of why he even dreamt us up. And his word, which is himself, and every word that comes forth is the very source that takes us there. So, Father, today, let today be the day, my Father, my Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. That it's your kingdom come on earth as it is where you are right now, my Father. Thank you, Father, that you love us. Thank you that you love us with a love that we at times have no comprehension of. We struggle, but we can know it. We can know it through your Son revealing it. We can know it through your Spirit revealing it. We can know the substance of you because you are love and a love that would catapult us, as Kirk said, to live as you've called us to to live out what already is within us, to live out what you see and how you see us. Greg, would you live as the Greg that I see? Danielle, would you live as the Danielle that I see? Vera, would you live as the Vera that I see? Lily, would you live as the Lily that I see? David, would you live as the David that I see? Cassidy, would you live as the Cassidy that I see? Rodney, would you live as the Rodney that I see? Terry, would you live as the Terry that I see? Every promise, every word, every statement is prophetic and living. And it's yes and amen. So I pray today, guys, you hear from heaven. I pray you'll hear from heaven 
Receive from heaven. Receive from heaven. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. I pray God would open up our eyes to see as heaven sees. I pray he'd open up our eyes to hear as heaven hears. I pray he'd open up our minds to think as heaven thinks. And that we live on earth with that perspective, heaven's perspective, eternal perspective, eternal life. For he died for us to come into this life. The Bible says to live a life worthy of your calling. Worthy of the call. Be worthy of the invitation. Live a life worthy of the invitation. It's the name of Jesus, Jesus Christ. Father, all glory to you, all honor to you. May your name be glorified upon the earth. May your name ring out upon the earth. May your love be known to all of mankind. May everyone be saved and reconciled back unto you, Father, Creator of heaven and earth, our heavenly Father, our loving Father. Father, lead all man, woman, child unto yourself. Lead them back to the relationship they were created for, Father. For it's a relationship of love. It's a relationship of life. 
It's a relationship of freedom. It's a relationship of rest and joy and peace. It's a relationship of abundant life in Christ the Messiah. For He died and He rose again that the world would know Him. That the world would know Him and His love. It set the captive free. It sets the captive free and brings us into this praise. Father, we praise you. We praise the King of Kings. We adore the King of Kings, our Heavenly Father, this morning. Let a breakout happen in our heart, Father. Let it break forth from us today. Let every heart, every heart be burst open with love and praise from heaven today. Every mindset, God, may it bow to the knee of Jesus. It's not of you, Father. Get set free today in the name of Jesus. Be set free to worship. Be set free to be different. No longer the same. No longer contained. But alive in Him. For your life is hidden in Christ. Live from the place of your life being hidden with Him. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, may our praise go up to you, Father. Jesus. 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 Your name is Jesus. Your name is Jesus. Your name is Jesus. Jesus Christ. And Father, we love you. Oh yes, we love you. Oh yes, we love you with all of our hearts. Yes, Father, we love you. Yes, Father, we love you. Yes, Father, we love you with all our hearts. Every promise is yes and amen. Receive what just came forth. Receive it by faith. Grab it with two hands. Eat it. Meditate on it. And step out in obedience into it. And watch Him change your life. Watch Him. Watch Him change your life. You know, there's a passage in Scripture that relates to finances. It says, I challenge you. I challenge you to give and watch me. And today he's saying the same thing. I challenge you to step out in obedience and you watch me move on your behalf. You watch me come and fill your vessel. You watch me come as you step out of that boat and get into scary land. You watch me be there with you. I'm already there waiting for you. He was already on the sea calling Peter out. He was there. He's there. And he's calling. Step out. Trust. Because it already is. The only one that doesn't know it is us. It already is done. It's called catch up. (laughs) It's called catching up to Him what's already done. It's done. He's just waiting, going, come on. So it's in and it is. Now live from it and catch up what already is. You're already made perfect. You're already a son. You're already washed in the blood. You already have the Spirit of God. Live. 
He's so good, guys. He's beyond good. How does it happen? Because it does. I'm just a little bit excited. You can't contain it, eh? How do you contain God? He's bigger than everything. So I hope today, I hope today you leave those doors different. I really do. That's my prayer. That we would know the love of the Father, the life of the Father. So let's grab seats. and If you want to sit down, you don't want to sit down. I don't know, whatever. Hello. You forgot to do the offering. That's all right. (laughs) He just got an offering, didn't he? You feel like giving after the service? We'll do it after the service. Just feel free to see the guys out there. And man, that was an offering. Now the Bible says that we are the we are the sacrifice. It's us. So come, ready to sacrifice you on the altar of praise. All right. Well. Hebrews 11 verse 3 says these powerful words. The worlds were prepared by the word of God. These words ring through. The worlds were prepared by the word of God. So that what is seen, the worlds, the physical, was not made out of things visible. So creation as we know it didn't get made from anything human, anything physical. Creation came from an unseen place, was spoken, and it came into being. That's the place Jesus is from, yes? And what caused the worlds to be created? The Word of God. God spoke, and then there was light. God spoke and then there was creation. How we ever got the theory of evolution, macroevolution, as something that people believe in is just a sign of our absolute nature that separates us from God. It's man's wisdom versus God's wisdom, isn't it? Because we believe... As God's word says, because God defines the truth, not man, although man tries. So happens in my household. I try and define the truth. That's what it's all about, having a child. We looked at this yesterday. The most beautiful gift of having a child is to show you what you're like with him. So this little person shows you and him. He says, well, that's what you're like with me. You sometimes come and you're all about yourself. And you get frustrated with Lily and Madeline when they come like that, but that's you and me. See, I want to teach you something about my relationship with you through them. And you want to discipline them, but you don't let yourself be disciplined. Isn't that hypocrisy? You see, the Word of God created life. Powerful, isn't it? What on earth is the Word of God? If the Word of God created creation, there was nothing, then there's something, and it all came from a realm that's invisible. Ah, it's just a book. 
with some words in it. I don't know. I don't even look at it, but I've got one. Some people use it for smoking dope. Apparently because the pages are nice and thin. It probably brings a smile to his face. <laughs> well, that's a different type of high. I wanted to take you up, but not that way. You see, the word of God. What is it? The church throws it around. We banter it all the way. We try and study it. We try and intellectually understand it. Some people have letters beside their name in it. I don't know, to try and prove maybe something or, I don't know. But the Bible tells me that the word speaks, it created creation. That means it's powerful, yes? That means it's creative. That means it's living, active. It's forceful. You can't stop it. The Bible says that the heavens and the earth will pass away, but the word of God will remain forever. That's a mighty long time. And this is one verse in an entire array of verses. Every promise is yes and amen. And if we can capture what I want to say today, and I'm saying we will become Eaters of the word. Because we will know that faith comes from eating the word. Life comes from eating the word. Righteousness comes from eating the word. Joy comes from eating the word. Peace comes from eating the word. Love comes from eating the word. Everything comes from eating the word. Because the word created creation. Did you create yourself? No. You did not decide to be here. Your mum and dad did not decide to be here, so they ultimately didn't decide you would be here either because they didn't even decide they were going to be here. So who decided you were going to be here? The Word of God. And the Word of God wants to fill you with the Word of God. And we are filled and being filled. Why? So we can live from faith. We can live from the substance of knowing God. We can have an absolute assurance in God. We can have living conviction of who He is and His ways. Can you hear what I'm saying? What causes it? The Word of God. And yet we treat it with such disrespect. We treat it as if we're trying to understand it through our human wisdom. Come on, it comes from an invisible place. Anyone been to the invisible place? They're trying to get to Mars. We're trying. Give up. If you're trying to understand God from the temporal, give up. Please, give up. You do my hidden. You do the lives of those around you hidden. Give up. And I say that in love. <laughs> do you really mean that? Give up. Stop trying to understand God from the temporal because the word of God comes from an invisible place. So we need the one from the invisible to turn around his word so we understand it, don't we? Don't we need the one from the invisible to teach us? Oh, the Holy Spirit's going to be your... Oh, he's going to be your... 
guide. He's going to lead you into all. All right, so do we need him? Some places don't even believe he exists. Some churches don't believe in the Spirit. They don't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, tongues. How do you think you get three versions of the tribulation? Are you a mid-trib, pre-trib, post-trib? Man, he's going to be busy, isn't he? I can't read four or five times. I read he's coming back because he knows when he's coming back. We don't. So why do we create mid-trib, post-trib, pre-trib? And then we set up camps and we argue all about it. Why? Because we don't know the word of God. You see, there's only one position that's right, isn't there? And it's his he is more than comfortable when he knows when he's in He knows whether it's a mid, pre or post. And our role is to discover his truth, his way from him. But no, no, we'll try and discover it. So faith, which is a byproduct of knowing the word, the Bible tells me through hearing the word, never gets formed. And so the people don't live by faith. They live by trusting in themselves. Jesus said, when I come back, I'm going to find a people of faith, people of substance, of power, of life, of humility, of love, of joy, of peace, of patience, of kindness, of gentleness, of oneness. John 17, oneness. What creates oneness? The word of God. Greg, what on earth is the word of God. That's a great question, Greg. I'm thankful you asked me. That's okay. We're going to look at that, okay? Here's the question I want to ask you. If the worlds were prepared by the word of God, what relationship does the word of God have with biblical faith? Is that a good question? If the word of God created creation... What relationship does the Word of God have with biblical faith? Have you thought of that before? Have you ever stopped and thought of it? Can you hear what I'm saying? You understand the question? The Word created creation. The Bible says that faith, how does faith come? It comes through hearing. How does hearing come? By what? By the word. So let's just draw this as a big circle. We'll go again. Faith. Hearing. Word. And it starts. Word. <laughs> word. It's a circular motion. So the Bible says in Romans 10, 17, if you want to turn there, just so I'm not lying to you. Romans 10, 17, the Bible says that faith, and that's what we're looking at, Hebrews 11, faith, substance, the ability to see and receive from an unseen place, because faith is the assurance of what we hope for, isn't it? And the conviction of things not seen. Faith is the knowing of things that I can't see in the physical, but I know them to be true because they're in an eternal realm. But I've seen them, I've received them from heaven to earth. Does that make sense? 
That's what we're praying for, aren't we? When we pray, our Lord in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. You want that on earth, don't we? Don't we want the love there? Well, you to know the love of the Father and to live from the love of the Father. You're to know the substance of heaven, joy, peace. Yes, is that right? Faith, rest, yeah. Come, I'll give you rest. So that's faith is the assurance of what I hope for. It's the knowing of what I hope for in Christ because I can see it. And it's the conviction of things. What's a conviction? If you're convicted of something, what do you do? You turn and start living out the conviction, don't you? Yes? So if you have a conviction of his word, the knowledge of God, the substance of God, you're going to start living differently, aren't you? If you know him, aren't you going to live out differently? Yes, that's what the purpose of the word is. See, the word is the thing that changes you and I. It's the word of God that does the work, not us. Too many people try and modify themselves. It's called behavioral modification, legalistic behavioral modification. Sanctification equals in the flesh. Behavioral modification, self-modification. It's not about being better, it's about being completely different. You are a new creation, not a done-up one. How many people are happy about that? Thank you that I'm a new created order, living differently from an inaugurated life now of the Spirit of God. So I've now been taken from the flesh realm into the spiritual realm. So I'm supposed to have spiritual faith, spiritual joy, spiritual hearing, and live from and walk from the Spirit. Yes, Romans. Why? Because I'm a Christian. Not because I'm special. Not because I'm a senior pastor. Because I'm a follower of Jesus. Who's following Jesus? Yeah? So you follow because Jesus was spirit, yeah? So you follow in the spirit, yeah? No longer living by the flesh, thinking of the flesh. You've transitioned from that when we got born again. Born into a spiritual life. So we need to be eating from the spirit food, don't we? We need to be eating the spiritual manna from above, not trying to understand this through the old way. Which, trust me, a whole lot of people try. Because that's the ways of the world. But the Bible says that faith comes through hearing. Hearing what, though? The word. Not anything. Not your version of it. Not what you think about it. Not what you've determined it's going to be. That ends in nothingness. No, no, faith, true biblical faith. Let me remind you what it is again. The assurance, the conviction of knowing and then living. Okay? So that faith comes through the ability to hear. Hear what? The word. And it's just a continuous process. It's not just you do it once. It's continuous, round and round. One plus one equals two, yes? Absolute truth. Not 2.1 or two. So I'm simple guy, and I believe as God reveals it to me what's in his word, and the word says this, faith comes through hearing. Hearing what, Greg? The word. So if I'm able to hear the word, know what the word is, then I'm going to be a person of faith. Not through my ability to bring me into it, but through the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Is that simple? Is that clear? So, can I say this? If we are not people of faith, do we know what the word is and are we hearing it? Is that a fair enough question to ask? Will we allow the Holy Spirit to bring conviction and challenge us on that? Remembering what faith is? It's the substance of knowing. This gives you insight into the life Jesus walked. Can you now understand why he was constantly saying, if you have ears to hear? Can you understand why he, when he stood in front of his disciples and said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father? And what did Philip say? Show us the Father. He's going, I just told you I am the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen my Father. I am the exact representation of my Father. So then Philip answers completely the wrong way, yes? Because he can't what? Hear the word. He hears words coming out of the mouth, and he goes there instead of going there. You tracking with me? Then what does, Peter, what does Jesus say to Peter? Do you know? He says, how long have I been with you that you still don't know me? So you can hear words all day long and not hear anything of the Spirit. Because hearing is of the Spirit. We are to be spiritual people, but you can live as flesh people. You can have Christ in you, but you don't abide in Christ, so you can't hear anything Christ says. So what you're doing then is you're hearing it through your own filter, and there's no life if you hear it through your own filter. So you create your own version of what you've heard, and now you start eating that. But it's dead. It's dead bread. It's not bread that's full of life, like Jesus said. It's dead, crusty, stale, brown, stinking bread. And you know what happens is you reflect what you eat. So now you're giving off that because what you eat, you become. See, in the physical, isn't it? If I fill my mouth with junk food, what happens to my body? Internally and externally, what happens to my organs? Come on, talk with me. It's a two-way conversation here. My arteries start getting full with cholesterol, don't they? What's going to happen to my heart? I'm dead by I'm 45. See, if I don't put in the right stuff, I'm going to be reflective of what I put in. Internally and physically. So I'm going to get physically bigger, which is unhealthy, isn't it? If I get too big, obese, and then my insides are decaying. The pressure I'm putting on my heart, my kidneys, my liver. Why? All for what's going into my mouth. What did Jesus say? Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you can't hear the word of life, then you're hearing something else and eating that. And it will be from the planet of self. That's why people walk away from when it's Jesus Christ. They honestly don't believe it's Jesus because they don't, haven't heard it's Jesus. They think it's someone else talking, but it's Christ. And he's saying you can't hear. So hearing and the word go hand in hand. You can't separate them because they produce faith. This is good, eh? No, for me, this is what he's giving me. This is what I was hoping I'm going to be able to articulate it. Faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. Is that a promise? Are we going to say yes and amen? All right. So we've settled that. 
Simple equation, mathematical equation. Hearing, word, faith. Word, hearing, faith. However you want to throw it around, you put those three together, you're going to come out with faith. You're going to know the word. You're going to hear and you'll be like, whoa! Man, really? See, hearing is seeing, it's receiving. Boom! Change. Why? Because I heard something from heaven and my spirit received it. And I may not have understand it yet because my mind might have been renewed, but my spirit knew it. Have you lived that before? You don't understand it in your head, but your spirit, bang, it goes straight in because it's living manner. It's like, what was that? Boom! Man, I feel like I've had five pies. Good, healthy pies. <laughs> healthy pies. Because I received, because I heard. Okay? So two questions. Do we know the word? Can we and are we hearing the word? Do we know the word? Not words. The word. And can we hear the word? Not words. Two powerful questions, okay? The word of Christ. The word is living and active. Powerful, powerful. Hebrews 4.12. The word is living, active. Why is it living and active, Greg? Because it comes to change things. Jesus came to heal the broken heart, didn't he? So there's a broken heart, it gets fixed. See, when guys, can you hear me what I'm saying? When, we're not to be broken all the time. We're not to be the broken people. We come in broken, we get whole. We get healed. If the word comes to heal, put us back together. We don't stay broken. Some of us have gone through horrendous things. And I can't relate to that. But what I do know is Jesus comes to heal the brokenhearted. He comes to create wholeness if the word of God is being eaten. We're not to stay broken. Now, there's grace for where we're at. But grace is the empowerment to live out the truth you're called to. It's not this blanket that you just sit under and stay the same. Okay, the fullness of grace is the power of God to come to fill you with power, Jay, that you can live out the truth he's called you to live. Not your ability to live it out, his power, his ability to live it out. That's why he doesn't dangle a carrot in front of you. You go, ha, 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 you can't do it. He goes, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You can do all things, guys, all things through Christ who strengthens, not through your strength. His strength. So he comes to heal the brokenhearted. He comes to set the captive free. He doesn't expect you to go route there straight away because if you're so messed up, he wants to put you back together. But take the, the time to be put back together through the hearing of the word. That's why it's never about reaching lost people first. It's about loving God. What do you do with a whole lot of broken people? Well, I go reach a whole lot of other broken people. And the broken people get together with the broken people and they have a broken party. <laughs> Do you know about this love? No, do you? No, because we're all broken. That's ridiculous. That's why the great commandment is to love me first so I can put you back together. And then go. And I'm going to fix you along the way, but don't be your first priority lost people because you've probably lost yourself still. Where's my joy? I don't know. You're still working. God's got as much time. He's outside of time. He wants to heal us and redeem us. To fullness. 
And he says, I've given you my word, my son and my son's words. And if you can hear them the way I intend, you're going to have radical, radical faith in me. And you are going to step out of that boat because you're going to hear my voice when I call you out. And you're going to be so compelled, it will no longer be, oh, I have to. It's going to be, I'm compelled to run out because of the work that's been done in you. Yes and amen. That's encouragement, isn't it? Is that putting courage in you today, though? I hope it fills you with courage, not well done, but encourage to run. Encouragement is good, isn't it? The word is living and active. It says the word pierces and divides soul and spirit, joint and marrow. This is where the heat gets turned up a little bit. So the word comes and it's a mirror. And it comes and shines the mirror on the heart. And the heart has to look humbly and honestly into the mirror and go, ooh. Is that the standard? Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Guard your heart, for the wellspring of life come out of your heart. Humility is either found in the heart, pride is found in the heart. So the word comes along and it judges hearts. It comes to divide. Jesus said, I've come to what? Be Father Christmas? No. He said, I've come to bring division. Where's that? Matthew 10, 34. I've not come to bring peace. I've come to bring a sword. I've come to bring the the sword, the word. And the word is what? Living and active. Sharper. What do you have a sword for? Pierces things, doesn't it? Kills the opponent. This is a double-edged sword. There's a lot of work to do. It's pointy, man. It's double-edged. It's going to go cut through. Why? Because the stuff in there, even though I'm perfect and washed in his blood, there's still an old man living. And I can live from him. If the word doesn't come and fill me and trump that, I'm going to live from him, even though I am whole in Christ. Can you hear that? So the word comes as a mirror, as a sword, right up my heart and says, oh, what's in there? That attitude. Not of me. That problem, not of me. That substance in there, that anger that you've got against, that hurt that you're carrying, the bitterness, the unbeginning, not of me. Let me heal it with my word. No. You don't know what they did. It sucks, but you want to stay like this. Some people do. Some people actually want to stay like that because they've become so used to their stuff, that's all they know. They don't know anything better. So if you take that away, what have I got? Your identity and purpose can be in your bitterness. You get to love it because it's all you know. It becomes your friend. It's killing you. And all you do is portray it. And you know what you do? The power of the tongue, you Death over everyone else that comes into your path. You are living and spewing death. Not only are you dying, but now you influence. Do you know what they did? Do you know what they said? Do you know what he did? What? 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 Because everyone wants to know, eh? What? 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 There's plenty of people that want to know gossip in the church. 
You'll find a hearer if you want to find one, and you'll create your own little group, and you'll all pat yourselves on the back. Oh, give some love, give some love. Oh, yeah, they shouldn't have done that. Can you hear what I'm saying? Please hear what I'm saying. That is a group that's going to kill itself. It's dying. No, the word comes and it says, you know what? That was terrible, that happened. And maybe it was their fault. Maybe it was your fault. I love what Todd White said. He says this. He says, you know the reason why people get hurt? Because they don't know who they are in Christ. He said, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. See, when someone hurts you, it's probably because they don't know who they are. Can you see that? Are you in that much love that you can see that? To go, actually, this man doesn't know what he's doing, so I'm going to love him. But if offence comes, if he doesn't know, if Andre doesn't know what he's doing to me, if I receive the offence, I don't know who I am. Because love covers. I'm a son of the living God. The one I modelled went, Father, forgive. So I'm short of something, aren't I? If I get angry and if his offence causes me offence and now I'm in bitterness with my brother and I'm going to murder my brother in my thoughts, man, the Bible speaks about that. Aren't I supposed to love him or isn't he supposed to be loving me? Or actually, we shouldn't even be here, should we? Because love covers, doesn't it, a multitude of sin. And sin is anything where faith isn't. But what is the cure? Great question. Let me get back to the cure. Father, Dr. Simnor, what's the cure? Great answer, the word of God. Eat me, drink of me. Not just on a Sunday, once a month when they put this little bit of bread out and a little bit of juice. Oh, I just took communion. No, you didn't. Take communion. Really take communion. Eat of him. Drink of him. That's what the feeding of the 5,000 is all about. We miss it. We think it's about the, f- the feeding of the 5,000. It's not. Go do your homework. It's not. It's about I am the bread of life. Eat me. Do those people, are they still hungry after probably another day or two? Fair comment. 15,000 people get fed with bread and a fish. Are they hungry in two days? Right. So there was a physical transaction, but that's not what the whole thing's about. Partly, great, partly, but no, no, what it's about is coming and eating eternal food that you never hunger and thirst for anything again. That's what communion is about. Common union with God through the eating of his word, himself. So have we arrived at that? You see why you never arrive? We're always looking for this arrived place. When I arrive, you never do. You never arrive, you just get more full. There's no end point. Well, there is. It's in the new heaven and the new earth. Glorified state. But while you're here, stop looking for this end point. Just live. And let him, through the eating of him, The word judges the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The word brings conviction, revealing our maturity or our immaturity in Christ. Oh, that's a bit tough, eh, Chris? 
Yeah, it really shines the light on whether we're growing up or we're still toddlers running around at preschool. Give me back my truck. No, it's my truck. It's my truck. It's my truck. Smack. Yeah, got my truck. <sighs> what happened? Ah, he smacked me in the head. It's my way. It's my way. It's my way. Should be done like this. Should be done like that. Should be done like this. <sighs> no, it's his way. There's only one way, it's his way. And he'll tell you his way because his way is in his words. But you've got to be able to hear his words. So the word comes and it challenges where you're truly at. People say, oh, I'm so mature. Why? Because I've been walking with the Lord 40 years. Is that 40 years of nothing? Was that truly 40 years of maturity in Jesus Christ? What's the measuring stick, the great commandment? You'll know how mature you are by whether you can live out the great commandment. Love one another as I have loved. Love that's patient. Love that's kind. Love is gentle. Love does hold no wrongs. Love is not jealous. Love believes all things. Love endures all things. There's maturity. (laughs) See, the word is beautiful, but the word challenges, yeah? See, when you measure yourself by the word... Once again, not our version of the word, we do that. The word. The word that brings incredible life, but the word that also can repel. And you have to measure yourself by the the true measure, which is the word. Then, now you've really got a true statement. So when you go get an MRI scan, you might not believe you have cancer, but then when you go get an MRI scan and they actually tell you, look, there it is, the proof, because we looked inside you. It's all there. There's a whole new reality, isn't there? And that's what the word is. You see, the word that sets you free, it's so powerful, isn't it? Didn't we just say that? The word is living. The word is active. The word is sharper than a double-edged sword. It's forceful. It's powerful. It's going to come and set you free, but it will also propel you to the other side of the planet and have you living in a cave with all those other people that have been propelled by the word of God living in a cave. And they form a thing called the church. And they hang out together. Guys, it's the truth. It's whether we can handle the truth. And the truth will confront. It brings life. Jesus brings life. But when he stood in front of his mother and father and said, you're not my mum and my dad, What do you think went down? See, they got a little bit humpty-dumpty, didn't they? You see, the prophecy was already spoken when he was eight years old by the prophet Simeon and said, many will rise and fall on this young man. Even your own heart will be tested by this one that you have birthed. But it's not you. He's not yours. You fast forward that he's 12 years old. He's doing what his father asked him to do and his mother and father don't know where he is and they come and they get the hump with him. Why? Because they can't hear where he's supposed to be. And so the word then causes offense, doesn't it? But are we to be offended by the word or to receive the word? Why do we get offended by the word? Because we can't hear the word. And if you can hear the word, then the word starts to challenge where you're at, truly. 
And to be honest, the Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man, but it ends only in death. But we all think we're right. And so when the true word comes and stands in front of you, you're confronted with the reality of where you're truly, truly at. And if you will humble yourself and repent and receive what is right in front of you with force and power and wants to come and set you free, you will. But if you run away from it, you won't. There's only one way in. It's through the word, through him. Listen to what Peter said. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have words of eternal life. Where are we going to go? Many disciples had walked away. Not non-Christian people. Those committed to following Jesus went, hmm, Eat my flesh, drink my blood, think you're out of your mind now, see ya. Many left. And the true disciples who could hear the word, why? Because their relationship was close, yes? Walked with him. Where's your relationship at today? Because depending on what you're hearing and depending on your closeness is going to determine what you hear. If Jesus is on the other side of the planet, you're never going to hear him. You'll hear your own thing. You see, they were close enough with him physically, walking with him to know. And Peter says this, where are we going to go? I see a whole mass leaving. That's not right, is it? No. I said, follow me. (laughs) Come follow me, not walk away from me. And he says this, where are we going to go? You have the words of eternal life. Not eternity, an eternal life that takes you into eternity. You have words of joy. You have words of peace. You have words of hope. You have words of freedom. You carry the substance of the life source of life. Why would I leave? There's no place, no place I'd rather be. We sing it. No place I'd rather be. Only when Liverpool are playing. Only when the Xbox is on. Only when the latest iPhone comes out, no place I'd rather be. Oh, where was that again? Here in your love, here in your love. Really? But Peter knows it because Peter knows Jesus is the source of life. You hold the words to eternal life. You hold the words to a life now that's full and a life in the future. Where, why would I go? Isn't that stupidity? See, the man messed up quite a bit, but he knew enough. To not walk away that day. He knew enough of Jesus to know, to know that you are the answer. Do we? Guys, do we? He wants you to know him. He wants us to live wholeheartedly, abandoned, devoted, because he knows that's where the abundant life is. He knows you better than you. He knows what you need. He knows how to fill you. He's gone before you already. But can you hear? And are you willing to surrender and turn and repent? Have your whole mind changed around to receive the word and then to live out what you're called to in love with the power of God within you? See, if we try to understand the words without the word, we'll get entangled. We still do it. 
How can you know the words that come out of the word mouth if you don't know the word? They're interconnected. See, the word is from eternity, yes? His words are from the eternal, yes? So you need to receive them through the spirit in which you've been given, yes? If you try and interpret the words through your old filter, you're going to get entangled. That's why he says you need the spirit of God to reveal the truth in you and to you. Otherwise, you're going to create your version of the word and it won't birth life. And plenty of people want to tell you about what they know. Tell me about the one you know and the true testimony of the change that's happening in your heart. Don't fill me with your intellectual stuff about explaining the depth of what love is in a technical version. Show me it. Demonstrate it. If I press that button now, what's going to happen? Who was that? Well, that's just my little friend called Pride. But I know him well. Oh, really? There's a disconnect there. You hear what I'm saying? We try to do this stuff. The words and the word are the same thing. So when you meditate, don't read, meditate, these words have come from God. Yes, through the agency of man. God wants to speak. Oh, who cares? What are we doing over here? Oh, I gave a party, it's pretty cool. Did you hear what I said? God wants to speak to you. God wants to speak to you. The one who said, let there be light. The one who's still creating. The one that there's no death in. The one that triumphed death. The one that made you righteous. The one that has perfected you. The one, the one, the one wants to have a relationship. He wants to speak with you. Intimately. He wants you to come into the fullness of life that you are called for and born for. Because he loves you. It's a little bit different, isn't it? Guys, we can come and go, we can come and go, we can tick all our boxes and still not come into the life he calls us to. I've got so much more, but I don't know. We'd be here for another hour and a half. I really want to. (laughs) Take your notes. And go and look at the scriptures. The Bible even tells us it's the way to receive the word. The Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians 1 received the word in a particular way. So it says you receive the gospel. The gospel is the good news. Not just about Jesus came and died. The entire book the good news, the great news of justification. God wants to change you wholeheartedly and glorify you, marry you, have you reign with him. Okay, The good news, everything contained in God, not just a little snippet that we've reduced it down to. So the Thessalonians heard the gospel in word, power, 
Holy Spirit produced a full conviction. Is that how you hear the word? Or have you just heard words your whole life? See, words create a mental agreement, but hearing and word power Holy Spirit creates a living conviction, a full conviction. One changes you to move differently. It fills you with a source of life, and now you're living differently. The other one just is a mental agreement. Yes, I believe in God, but I don't live as I believe. So how are you hearing the word, the gospel? Because does your life reflect the gospel? Do what, does what we demonstrate reflect what we read, guys? That's what Kirk was saying before when he said Jesus has narrowed the gap. But then there's a reality to be demonstrated, isn't there? There's a reality of an obedience to be outworked. He says, you heard the gospel in word, power, Holy Spirit. What is a full conviction? It then says you go and be imitators of God. Imitate me as I imitate God. Didn't Paul say the same thing? You work your way down and it says you people, because you heard the word that was declared in those elements, in word, power, Holy Spirit, it creates such a full conviction that you turned from your idols and went and started to serve and serve the living God. You turn, you received the word, you were eating this and went boom, boom, put that food source down. I need to eat this and I'm serving the living. Are we serving God? Are we serving his will? Do we even know what his will is? He's been communicating it here now for six and a half years. Can we hear it? And be, are we proving it through the demonstration of our lives? He loves us. He's loving us. He's taking his time. He's so patient that we get it. And these people caught it. See, what are idols? Idols are anything that you're eating that's not of him. Idols are things that cut to consume our heart that we fall in love with that get entangled in our hearts. An idol can be a child. An idol can be a spouse. An idol can be a sport. An idol can be money. It's anything that's robbing us of Him. It's anything that's getting our devotion and our love above Him. You've got to get this if you're here. You've got to repent. There's a judgment coming upon you. For reward, you've got to hear this. It's serious. So you receive a good judgment when you stand before God and He says, well done, you can have confidence before Him. Did you know that? We are to go to the judgment seat with confidence, knowing that we've lived the life call because we heard the word, we received the word, we lived the word out. I'm looking forward to my crown. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the judgment because I know and I don't say that with arrogance, I say it with humility. I know. I know I'm in the right place. I know I'm in the right time. I know I'm living the right thing. I know I've made the choices. I could have ran away here. The persecution was horrible, but I stayed. Why? Because I know my father, and I know what I'm called for, and I know the work he's done, and I'm the fruit that's in me today is unbelievable. And it came through death to life. So you've got to go through the process of hearing the word, Jesus, his word, knowing, seeing. 
And God has put gifts in place, people in your life, people here to lead this procession as a family, leaving Egypt into the promised land. And if we all stay and if we all commit our lives to it, guess what we're going to receive? The word. But it ain't going to be easy. And it's going to test because the word's going to come and it's going to test your heart. It's going to test your thoughts. It's going to test. Why? For life. Not to bring death, to bring life. How many of you are in life today that would jump and go, amen, hallelujah, for the life I'm in, the rivers of living water? You see, do you want it? You might say, no, but that's okay. But do you want it? Are you prepared to do something different? Are you ready to jump and get out of where you're at to somewhere else? Because he's saying, come on. I died and rose for you to experience this, not to stay in apathy, not to stay asleep, not to stay. But if you cannot hear my word, you will not understand. Jesus said this in John. You don't understand because you cannot hear my word. You've heard my words and you've created your own picture. And now you're living in accordance to your own picture. He's so good to us. He's so patient. Sometimes I just wish he'd come and just remove all our safety blankets and our cushions and our pillows. Now, Deuteronomy says he led them into the wilderness to make them go hungry so they would know what it means to not have him. That they would have to turn and start eating the living word. I'm actually going to take you to a place where you're going to realize you're going to turn for what you've always eaten and it's not going to be there because it's keeping you, it's killing you. And so I've got to take it away for you to actually turn up. Why do you think Jesus was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit to be tempted by Satan? Matthew 4, go read it. Jesus is led into the wilderness by the Spirit to be tempted by Satan. Why? And you work your way down, man cannot live on bread alone. So you've got to realize that you cannot live on the stuff called McDonald's and bread and physical food. doesn't matter how, what's that stuff we're eating? Paleo and whole foods. doesn't matter how good it is, you can't survive on that stuff. You may look sharp, you may have abs, you may have all this, but it's all perishing. I wanted to stand there at my glorified thing and stand there in front of him and go, he just walks past. Well, that's already glorified, son. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> what a dreamer. <laughs> yeah, move on to Kirk. It's all right. <laughs> he was the one eating the chocolate cakes. Look at that, eh? Look at that six pack. 47, still working on it. You can't live on that stuff. You need it, but on his bread alone. Every word that proceeds out of. And God took the time through man to write it down. It has been preserved throughout the centuries for you and I to eat it. Part two to follow. Because I really want to look at how we receive the word. How we hear the word. And how is the word formed? Because hearing 
and the word are interconnected. Because it's about relationship. And we want this four-step plan. And hearing, please hear me, <laughs> please hear me. Hearing isn't just getting a word from heaven to go and give Andre $10. It's way more than that. Hearing is receiving the substance of God which into you, which changes you. So that is part of hearing. Okay, Father, I walk in a cafe. Is there anyone here you want me to speak to today? Yes, I want you to go speak to that person, and I want you to share that word. So that is a form of hearing, yes? But I'm talking about something greater than that. I'm talking about hearing, seeing what is and what God has done in God for us, having that performed in us, which changes us. That's quite a bit different, isn't it? Both are right, both are good. But that's what I'm talking about. When I say hearing, that's what I mean. It's hearing, seeing, receiving. We spent a lot of time, six weeks, on 1 Thessalonians 2, 13 to 14. Who can tell me what I preached on? Simon English. We receive the what? The word that we've heard. We accept it. And it performs a work where? Okay. So that was three months ago. What work has been done in you from three months to now because you've heard the word? See what I mean? It ain't just about turning up and down, up and down and going, I'm a good Christian because I turned up to services. God's looking going, that's good. You're placing yourself in the right environment, but the environment's not the goal. Transformation is the goal. Well done, you go to prayer meeting at 16 on a Wednesday morning. Well done. But that doesn't, that's not the tick. The goal is transformation. See, that's just religion. Really, we're going through motions. I'm so good. I gave this week. Well, that's what a follower does. That's not, that's not new. That's not something that's, you know. I served. Man, I served. Yeah. And? Yeah, that's what we are. It's like saying, I scratch my head. I'm a human, I scratch my head. See what I mean? See, the word produces the life that we all look at and want. And God was talking to me this week about, you know what? Greg, the spirit is willing, but the flesh, it's weak, son. You know, Peter, I'll die with you. They all said the same thing. And then they couldn't even pray for one hour. Words, hot air, lacking substance, lacking the word. So I'm hoping that the weight of what's been shared is going to stir you to be found in the word, found with him, not just once, as a lifestyle. And if you find yourself today without any desire for that, then start asking with all you got. You're going to have to start in discipline. 
start. Why don't it feel like it? Yep, too bad. Start. Ah, oh, you don't understand. Too bad. You said you wanted this, didn't you? Yes. Do you? Because you can't change you. So here's the discipleship process. Discipline. He honours discipline. Desire. He honours desire. Delight. No place I'd rather be. No place I'd rather be. Here in your love. Here in your love. There's no place I would rather be. There's no place I would rather be. There's no place I would rather be. Here in your love. Here in your love. There's no place I'd rather be. There's no place we would rather be. There's no place we would rather be. And here in your love. Here in your love. No place I would rather be. Sing with me. No place we would rather be. No place we would rather be. Here in your love, here in your love, there's no place we would rather be. No place we would rather be. No place we would rather be. Here in your love, here in your love. Father, I pray that we will be stirred by your love. And I pray, my Father, that you will reveal your Son to all those hungry hearts that this today say yes and amen. That your word has gone forth, Father, and I pray your word would bring us, propel us, awaken us, feed us, fill us today, stir us, and bring us to a living, full conviction of you. That we would then live in accordance to the truth. We would live loving one another fully as you love. We would love other people, a lost world, as you love. Father, we would come into your will and know without a shadow of a doubt, with a singular mindset, your purpose for us as a body first. And your assignments that are being discovered are being revealed. And we would walk in oneness. We would walk in love. We would have the same spirit, the same mind, intent on the same purpose, Father. And we would make the Apostle Paul's joy complete as he asked and he promised in Philippians. It's today. It's the same word, the same God, calling for the same action. Through his power, his love, his grace, his mercy. So receive his word today. In Jesus' name. Amen.